How good is that? Now, during that song, I've had three uh, lovely guests join me up on the stage here. So welcome, Pastor Claire, Pastor Shana, and Pastor Pauline. Um, so I'm going to ask uh, them a few questions. Um, based a bit around that song, so what would Jesus do? Okay. So some of the lyrics uh, were, I'm trying to do it. I want my life to prove it. So my first question is, Claire, I'm going to start with you. How do you keep, what would Jesus do in your relationships? So in your family or with friends? So I would say that it's knowing who I am in God and knowing my identity, knowing I'm called by God. That's how I feel like I can keep my relationships in line with what Jesus would do. And I know that he's called me and anointed me and he's set me apart and changed me. And so if I'm not living like that, I'm just living how I used to live. And so that's a reminder for me that if I want to live like Jesus, if I want to do, um, you know, the risk there, what would Jesus do? I have to know who I am in him and then just make that choice for myself to say, I know I'm called. I know um, my identity is found in him. And I just get encouraged in Romans 12. It says, don't be conformed to the ways of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I know that Jesus has transformed my life. And so I get to live because of that. I get to be in relationships because of what he's done for me. And so I think it's important that we don't follow what everyone else is doing and that sets us apart and that helps us to live like, what would Jesus do? Okay, he wants me to live like this and so I get to follow in that example that he set before me and because he's called me and I know that he's called me and anointed me and changed me and transformed me so I don't have to be conformed to what everyone else is doing. Awesome, great job. Pastor Pauline, are you going next or? So what I was just thinking about And I can remember there was this one time that I would go, this just has to stop. Like, enough is enough. And so what I did, this is the point in my mind of, now if anyone is creative and can update this for me, I would be truly grateful. Because if anyone has been in our house, you would have used to see this in our toilet. Because I had to be one in our toilet as well. Because I was so sick of them not being in my God place. So the point of, and now this particular card. I'm not saying it's very creative, but it's what I came up with and I laminated it. That's how clever I was. So it says scriptures we need to live by as a family. So this is why it went by all of their beds because, and it's filled by Pastor Robin Michael. So clearly we still need it. It says, this is how I know what would Jesus do. It says Ephesians 4.2, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with one another making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. That's one way that we can do what Jesus would do. And then the other one was in Colossians 3, 12 to 13. And it says, because we're following Jesus, he wants us to be like him. And it says, you must clothe yourself. Remember, we've got to put on this new wardrobe that isn't always easy to wear. But this is what our new wardrobe needs to look like. It says, tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience, 
make allowances. It tells us twice. So we've got to do it. It's a double banger for each other's faults. And forgive everyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. And I added this, it says, with these voices as thoughts. So that's how we do what Jesus wants us to do. So good. So um, good. I can testify to the scriptures all over the house because it's in the toilet. <laughs> it's been there. It's awesome. And as you come out, there's another scripture on the wall about love. And I'm like, you've got it everywhere. It's so good to keep it in the front of your mind because um, I think it's a challenge. What would Jesus do? Because it's so opposite to what I would do. And it's a constant fight with ourselves. It's not what would Shana do. It's what would Jesus do. And if you look at the life of Jesus, he his whole everything he did was motivated out of love so when he disciplined and corrected and and healed it was all out of a place of love and the motivation was love and I think um, if we can have that as the motivation in our relationships in our marriages it changes everything because we either react or we reflect react or reflect and so I know that an example in marriage there have been times that I have, we're all following someone or something. You're following someone on social media or you're following, we're always looking at somebody else or something else. So we've got to be conscious. What are we looking at? We're looking at the word of God because we want that to lead us. But um, a, an example of it is when I first got married to Josh, I, I started to do things like my mum might have done. I was following her example. And so whenever mum and dad would have a little heated argument and like my parents are amazing, but whenever they argued, my mum would shut down. And so I went into, <laughs> I did that too, because I thought that's what happens, right? Because I was just doing, but then I realised after that didn't work, that wasn't working, it was causing a lot of friction and fight with Josh and I. I'm like, hang on a minute, I'm not verbalising what I need. And, and, and I just had to come to Josh and go, actually, I need this, or I see this, I had to communicate but because I was following something I'd seen and I didn't even know, I wasn't doing, and, and so doing it his way has led to better relationships, more intimacy, more grace. And here's the thing, when you come, you look through the Bible and look at how people approach Jesus. If they approached with pride, he would, he'd probably correct them or, you know, whatever, how our attitude it, it changes how you receive. So then when I learn, hang on a minute, you look at anyone who came to him who was humble, who asked, had a need, and they wanted something, he healed them, he helped them, he set them free, because how we come before him matters. And so I have learned, it's not what Shana would do, because Shana probably would shut down. It's no, what would he do? He would he'd be motivated out of love. And so I think it's a constant challenge and denying of self. of them so that I can do it at my house as well. All right, some of the other lyrics that we heard was, I want to walk like him and I want to talk like him. Um, Simple question, but not really simple. How do we do that? You know what? It's simple to say, not always easy to do. So we want to walk like him, we want to talk like him. We've got to know who he is and the only way we can know him is to have an open Um, the other thing is, you know, we're clothing ourselves. So 
interesting is thinking that if you were once a part of prayer, um, why just for some prayers for now, why just focus on prayer right now? You know, not just for anything in private thing, but I don't mind praying for anything. Look, there are some steps that God wants to teach you to just pray with him. You know, the cover sheet and the bathroom and the, the vacuum lift is quite strong, right? Because you can take the shower while you're washing your hands and the bathroom is really hot. some people talking about sharing I don't even say it because it's quite predominantly Christian um, so I just watched, started watching this series and I was praying to them and the drama was kind of just enough like I wouldn't have wanted to see it in this setting of this drama I believe and then I watched the first season and I kind of felt unscathed I felt like oh yeah I got that one so I started watching season two and in the first session they go to bed together I was like, oh, now I can't watch this one. And like, it wasn't, for someone else, they might not even see it. But for me, the Holy Spirit went, uh-uh, you don't need to watch that. Now, I could have fast-forwarded, or maybe that was just the, just the one song. I'm just saying, I just wanted for you to say, I want to trust the Holy Spirit. And why is it that my natural mind wanted to go, oh, maybe just watch that next series, that next episode won't be that bad. And, you know, it's almost like the Holy Spirit goes, well, do you actually want to listen to me or not? And I went, I don't know what you're so sorry. I don't know what was happening with that. And you know what? It's it's that kind of stuff that I'm going to keep looking at this week where the rubber hits the road to follow that uh-uh. Someone else might not understand, but you understand. You can follow the uh-uh-uh Holy Spirit. Don't fight over it. We want to hear both your answers. So I said, how do we walk and talk like Jesus? I said, well, Jesus loved. And if we want to walk and talk like him, we need to love as well. And Jesus didn't just love the cool ones or the ones who were worthy of being loved, but he had eyes to see the ones who were broken and eyes to see the ones who were hurting. And he didn't just leave them overlooked or lonely, but he still had enough compassion to love them. And I think right now at such a critical time in our world and in our community, but even bigger in our world that there's so much disunity and so much hate. And so I think if we are the ones who say, I want to walk like Jesus, I want to talk like him, I want my life to live, like I want to live my life like he would, is that we actually have to love people and spend time with people and see the things that other people would often overlook and love the hurting and love the brokenhearted. And I think it's how we respond to situations as well. And I just get encouraged in Galatians 5, it's, it's the fruit of the spirit. And I just think that, that's how Jesus would carry himself in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And it's sometimes a bit challenging with a few of those, but I believe that if we have that fruit in and on our life, that other people can see that we're not just living for the sake of living, but we're living to be like Jesus and we're living to walk and talk like him. And so that encourages me that I need to have that fruit on my life so that other people can take that and and use that fruit and they can approach us and say there's something different on your life and that's Jesus doing a work in us and and to glorify him so that's my answer that's awesome yeah I think um love and humility are the key to walk and talk like him because same goes I, I think if it was 
like you can be in a situation and like what I would want to say isn't probably how he would respond. So it is a real challenge to deny yourself. It's a great way to live, isn't it? What would Jesus, hang on a minute, Shana, calm down. <laughs> Shana. You know, like it is a real challenge to deny yourself, take up your cross and to follow him. And um, yeah, I just think part of it is we have to welcome the correction. Because the Holy Spirit is always talking to us. Like even when you were watching that show, he's like, now stop now. Because it's good for you. And, and he's always speaking to us. And so we need to welcome the correction. We, we can hear it. It's there. We just shut it out and we justify it or we go, no, no, no. But we've actually got to welcome the correction. Um, the other thing I was going to say is walking and talking is a behavior thing, right? So your behavior, you can change your behavior one or two ways. You can behave a certain way out of how you feel or you can ch- totally change your behavior by how you think and by your inner beliefs. And so behavior change, that is just out of how you feel like, oh, I'm hormonal, I need chocolate, I'm going to eat chocolate, right? That's a hormonal feelings-based behavior change. But if you want a long-lasting change, like walking and talking like Jesus, you need to go a bit deeper and you need to change your beliefs and your self-talk, which then changes your emotions and feelings. And then behavior changes. You can't just change your behavior and go, no, Jesus said this, so I'm going to say, no, you need to go deeper and know who you are and then speak that in your mind. Because I tell you, the, the thoughts the enemy puts in your mind are not from him. So anytime fear rears its head or intimidation rears its head, you need to shut that down and know this is who I am because that's out of the inner beliefs, it'll change how you talk in your head and it will change your feelings and emotions and then that changes your behavior. All right, so Jesus wants us to have relationship with him. Um, Claire, our guest. Yeah, so it really just got me thinking, how else can we develop relationships? And it's really simple, by spending time. It's how do I develop a relationship with Pastor Pauline? By spending time with her. And it's the same with Jesus. We have to spend time with him. And it's not just a once-off, awesome, I've done that one time this month, cool, I'm done. But it's a continual, like, come back and do it again. Come back every single day and do it again. And so practically for me, it's every morning that I wake up, which thankfully is every morning, I, I always put on worship music. And it's not like crazy and loud and but it's just me allowing Jesus to speak to me. The first thing I do, I just want to be in his presence. I just want to listen to something that's encouraging me. Um, and the next thing could be find a Bible plan that works for you. I think we put so much pressure on ourselves of like, I have to do 27 Bible plans at one time to prove that I'm a real good Christian. No, just find one that works for you. Don't overcomplicate it, but just get in the word. If it's you can read one like verse a day. That's more than nothing. And so just let God speak to you through his word. Um, and the third thing for me is um, just spending time in prayer and just waiting on him to respond to me. That's how I want to grow with him because I don't want to just be the talker and not the listener. I want to do both. And so those things, um, making those things essential and a non-negotiable in your life will help you to grow in relationship with him. And it will also help your life to look like his. And so you can walk and talk like him. So you can live like he would live. Um, and I just think it's such an honor and a privilege that Jesus wants to be in relationship with us. Like he wants to be in relationship with all of us. It's not just for the cool ones or for the, oh, only that this, this, this. He 
wants to be in relationship with all of us. And that tells me that my life is valuable and my life is um, on purpose. It's not by accident. And that just encourages me so often that he wants to be with me. I'm going to preach on it, so I'm not even going to... to be a bit practical because I know we're all a little, you know, after you have a little break, you're ready for a little nap, so I don't want you to go to sleep. Um, <laughs> this is a bit of a how to have a relationship with him and what the Holy Spirit showed me at a really critical time in my life. Um, and yeah, so I wanted to share that with you. Let's just pray and then we'll get into the word. Father, thank you for this second session together. Lord, we open up our hearts and minds and we say, Father, show us things that we welcome whatever you want to do in us and show us and reveal to us in this session. Thank you for your word. Thank you for Jesus, who is an incredible example to follow. And I pray as we continually pursue him and his, your word and, and time with you that we will see and walk and talk and be like you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Who gets hangry? Every woman, surely. We all do. <laughs> if you're not putting your hand up, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I believe you. I get hangry. Josh learned very early on to feed me quickly because I can go from fine to ravenous and can't make decisions within like 10 seconds flat. Pauline's fed me really well here, so she's had, to, she's had none of that. She's great with her hospitality. Um, but what happens in the natural when you get hangry? We get irritable, we get moody, 
we get funny, we can't make decisions. Do you find that I'm like, I don't know, I can't even think, like I can't even think. We have no clarity, we get fussy, we get short, right? The same happens when we're spiritually hungry. And sometimes we don't pick it up. And when we haven't spent time in his word or in his presence or in church or, you know, whatever, then we actually feel those things and you don't even realize. And when you are spiritually hangry, the fruits of the spirit and the word of God is nowhere to be seen, right? It's like, no, I I understand I need to act humbly, but I can't because I am spiritually hungry. I want to start here by thinking about what comes out of you because I think what comes out of us shows us what we're inhaling, what we're taking in or what we're not taking in. Let me give you an example. My son, Jordan, he loves watching YouTube, American YouTubers who like, I don't even understand it, but he thinks it's great. He'll come out, he'll go, mom, like he'll start talking like them. I'm like, mum, Australian, mum, mum. You're an Australian boy. And he go, I want a cookie. I'm like, no, they're biscuits. I don't have cookies. I don't buy cookies. Biscuits. And then he'll go, no, 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 I want candy. I'm like, no, lollies, lollies. Get back in there and watch some Blue Healer or something Aussie until you come out and talk Aussie. Because what has gone in comes out. And it will show you what you're taking in or what you're not taking in. So it's what's coming out. So for me, when I had my walls up and I was quite scared, I, kn- I felt like I nearly fell in there. Oh, I was getting baptized all in. Um, I, I, I was like, no, fear was coming out because there was no, no faith going in. Does that make sense? So what goes in will determine what comes out or what doesn't go in. And so if we want to walk like him and talk like him, then we need to inhale this. It's basically what Pastor Pauline said. We need to inhale and take in his word. Now, before COVID, I um, was super exhausted. I don't even know what year that was, 2019, 2018, whatever. Um, And I was so tired and run down and out of energy and just done in life. Have you ever been there? Just exhausted. And Josh said to me, well, Shana, you, you're physically weak. You need to go to the gym or go do something. And I was offended. He bought me gym clothes for, for Christmas one year, and I was like, what? No. I was actually offended because I'm a country girl, and I'm tough, and I don't need to work out, right? I might look fit. I am not fit. Um, so, But he said, no, it's not about being that, like, it's not about that, Shana. I actually just think it's going to be good for your mental health and your well-being. And I was like, no, I'm offended at that. I can't believe you would say that. But he was right because I was physically weak and spiritually weak. So I listened to the wise advice of my husband after I got angry at him. You know what came out? And I started going to the gym with my sister. She said, come with me. She does CrossFit. Has anyone done CrossFit? Oh, you're amazing. I nearly died. It is horrendously awful so I'm like there and I am like the first thing they made me do was get on an assault bike and it is what it sounds like it's awful it's awful I spent one minute on that bike I'd done nothing since I had my kids 
like no exercise. And I got off that bike and I fell on the floor and I thought I was going to pass out. And Sharice, are you okay? I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I just can't breathe. I just can't. Like, because that bike gets your heart rate going so fast that I literally thought I was going to pass out. And I'm like, I'm fine. I find the trainer's coming up. Are you okay? Are you okay? I'm like, I'm okay. It's just, I'm just really unfit because I've just, haven't done anything since I had my kids and blah, blah, blah. I'm like going crazy. I wasn't fine. I, I, I couldn't, I had to lie there for about 10 minutes before I could walk out to my car and I was shaking all the way driving home. It was bad, but I was completely out of breath, physically and spiritually. But that is a picture of life, right? We are exhausted. We're like out of oxygen. We're running, we're moving, we're going, and we are like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. I'm doing so good. I am so good. Look at me go. I'm just a little breathless, but um, I'm going to be okay. You know, what? like, do you, you, you relate? Because this is what I'm like in life, right? Like, yeah, no, no, but I'm totally fine nailing life. But meanwhile, I'm out of breath. I'm on the, gr- I'm on the ground. I'm like, I'm not coping so well here. We as women, we wear a lot of hats. We're mums, we're psychologists, we're cooks, we're counsellors, we're drivers, we're taxi drivers, we do jobs, we do anything where we're wives, we're daughters, we're like, we're just busy doing so much stuff. And so we get exhausted, worn out physically, spiritually, and emotionally. And here's the thing. When we stop breathing in the word, when we stop coming to church, when we stop doing that stuff, we start controlling things. That's what happens. I'm good. I've got this. I've got life. God, you take a break because I have, I'm fine. I'm running my own life. I'm a bit tired, but I've got this. And sometimes we are like what Claire, you said, I'm like, God, you'll understand that I can't have time for you today because I'm really busy. I've had a busy week, but grace covers everything, so you'll be fine. And that's what we do. We operate, and all the while, what we need, what we need is right there, but we don't access it. And we become very competent on breathing on our own and doing life on our own. And we've become accustomed to doing it exhausted. Is anyone relating to that? And we fill our days with everything but what gives us rest, peace, refreshing, and joy. And I just want to commend you all for today choosing to be here to refresh because this is key. This is key to you getting your life back. And I want to commend the beautiful mums. I've seen so many young mums with babies. You're here exhausted, on little sleep, but you are here and I pray a special blessing on you guys today. Oh, now I'm exhausted from you. <laughs> Here's the thing that I've learned as my world has got bigger, as we add a campus or we do this or my world gets larger. The answer isn't to remove things when the pressure comes. The world will tell us, now. Nah, when you are, if you're too busy, just stop. Just know, step back, Shana, because I, naturally I would like to do that. <laughs> but that's not the answer. It's actually learning how to carry what God's given us and doing it in his strength. That is the key, learning how to carry it, learning how to carry the pressure and the weight. And God has given us the key, and that's what I want to share with you this morning. It's learning how to carry. 
So the invitation for you and me and everybody today is found in Matthew 11, verse 28. And that lines up so beautifully with Pauline's verse. When we started chatting, I'm like, yes, 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 yes. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Come to me, that's the instruction, and I'll give you rest. That's the promise. There's an instruction and a promise. He's saying, come to me, choose me over everything else, even over everything you've got going on, because you think just taking a holiday will make you feel refreshed and rested. It won't. You're going to come back more tired after traveling overnight on a plane. It doesn't happen like that. We, we think refreshing is something like a day off, and then the time off is really, really good. But the refreshing needs to come from him. The refreshing needs to come from him. He will give you rest, and he promises rest. So at the start of 2021, a friend gave me a picture. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. That was my Christmas gift. I got home, and I was walking around my house. I'm like, where do I put this? I don't know where to put it. And I felt, I felt God speak to me, and he goes, Shana, create a space for us find a chair. Oh, I'm looking at it. I wasn't even thinking about that. I was looking at where I'm going to place this picture. He said, create a place for us, find a chair. I'm like, okay, radio. I was a little bit like, when, when am I? but I've got no spare room. My house is all, uh, the boys have their room. We've got our room. There's no other room. Where am I meant to create this space from? I didn't know what to do, but all I know is that I heard from God very clearly, create a space for us, find a chair. Because God wanted me to create an intentional space that I could go where I didn't see the mess and the chaos and the dishes and the stuff and even the boys, even the boys, (laughs) which all of that so easily distracts me. Because any time I'd sit to do my quiet time, I would see something and, and disappear. I'm coming back, God. I'm just going to be here doing something. I'll be there soon. That's what we do, right? And he said, create a space, find a chair. And he wanted me to create an intentional space to go and spend time with him, to catch my breath and to inhale because I needed it, physically and and, and spiritually exhausted. So I had a choice. I had a choice to do what he asked me or not. And I felt like it was a very clear word. Now, I was a naturopath before I came into ministry when I had my boys when I was young. And can anyone tell me what my number one issue was as a practitioner? What was that? Anyone? No? No? Patient compliance. (laughs) That's it. That was my number one issue. I couldn't make people do what I wanted them to do. I could only suggest. It was up to them to apply it and comply with it, right? That was the biggest issue. This scripture, Jesus has said it so clear. It's up to us to comply and apply this. If you don't come to him, you don't get the rest. So I was like, create a space for us, find a chair. I get what you're doing. He was telling me, you need to create a space so that you can find rest, Shana, because 
everything felt chaos. Life felt chaos. The things we were carrying felt chaos. I needed rest, true rest, not holiday rest, true rest. Create a space. So, apply and comply. If you do not comply, you don't get the benefit. The promise goes with the complying. So, I said to Josh, the Lord has spoken to me. (laughs) He spoke to me, Josh. And he's shocked at that most times because when I grew up in the Baptist world, I'm like, that's not how I spoke. Now, I hear God very clearly. And I said, he told me I need to go buy a chair. And he's like, what? I said, I have to go buy a chair. Like, I have to go. God's spoken to me. And if I don't do it, I don't, I don't get the, the, the promise part. And I was expecting a chair like a Rolls Royce, one of those recliners with the foot thing that I could put my feet up. No, he wasn't so convinced I'd heard from God at that stage. So he took me shopping to make sure that I didn't spend too much. <laughs> so I w- we went shopping and I picked a very, very modest, cheapish chair. But I want to show a photo of this space, if we've got it. It's a very simple grey chair. It looks a little bit like this. There you go. And I put it in my bedroom next to my window. And the picture is just above. And I put it in my bedroom because I felt like I needed to put it somewhere where I couldn't see the rest of the house, where I could shut the door on all the chaos, on all the stuff. And I created this place and I go in there and I sit and have my time with him. And sometimes Buddy's in there with me, my dog. My dog is crazy. He's a Beagleia, but yeah, Josh wants to sell him, but I love him. Um, He's cheeky and naughty and he's done a lot of damage in our house. But anyway... He sometimes sits in there with me and we sit in there and I have my quiet time and I've created this space which is away from the chaos, away from the mess, away from the kids, away from the kitchen, away from the washing, away from all the stuff. And I sit there, come to me all who are weary and I'll give you rest. And I sit here to receive my promise. (laughs) I need rest. I need this space. And that's the chair I bought. It was probably $179. <laughs> I wanted like a $600 chair, but no, that wasn't going to happen. And it's become my secret place, my chair, my space. Now, it's in my bedroom. So sometimes when I go in there, Josh equates that with, hello, Tana, intimacy. But I'm like, it's not intimacy with you I want. So I have to shut the door on him too and get him out. Because it's become a beautiful space for me. And I have to protect it. <laughs> but it's, a, it's essential for my well-being because it unclutters my mind. It makes me stop, settle, come before him, give him the stuff, give, give God my frustrations, allow the Holy Spirit to speak to me. And I just sit and I listen. And I have to listen. We've heard this multiple times today. This is part of the piece. And I refresh. But I have to be honest because <laughs> it's all, all I can do. Sometimes it can be hard because we get mum guilt and because there's always something. There's always extra things to do and I always think, but these things are important. God's grace covers all. He'll understand if I just don't have time today. But it's not about um, ticking off religious thing. It's just about the rest. (laughs) It's about the rest. That's what I need. But we get guilt because there's always things to do and the immediate takes our attention every single time. So this one time I sat down in my chair and see the window sill. I look down, and my dog mulls a lot. Drives me crazy. I have to vacuum every day now. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's structuring me. 
I can't focus. I'm just going to clean that off and then I'll come back to work. So I literally got up, cleaned off the dog hair. Then I'm like, I'll do the other windowsill. Then I'm like, oh, it's all over the bed. Let's go. <laughs> then I'm like, oh, there's got to be an easier way than these things that for fixing things. So then I started researching on my phone and I found a pet buster. Has anyone heard of them? They basically pick up the dog hair so much quicker. I don't have to peel the sticky stuff off. I'm like, so I, so I bought one of them. Then I'm like, while I'm at it, I'll come, I'm coming inside. My chair's waiting for me. And then I'm like, I might just quickly vacuum my room. Then I'll be able to sit in peace and quiet and it'll be fine. All that dog hair, because dog hair gets me. I got all the dog hair off. And then I'm like, oh, I may as well just go down the hallway. And then two hours later, I clean the whole house. Josh comes home. I was meant to be prepping for something. And he's like, how was your time? How was your prep? How was your quiet time? I'm like, bad. I didn't even get time to sit in my chair. I had to do all. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my goodness, Shana. We get distracted by these things that take, it all started with this dog hair on my windowsill. And the immediate fear took my attention. We get distracted from the very thing that we need. By our dogs, by our children, by our stuff. But you know what? I'm a better mum once I've sat in my chair, even for five minutes. Like, just a moment to breathe, I can go out and I'm in a good place. It actually doesn't need to be two hours in the chair. It depends whatever time it is, as long as I've taken the time to sit and rest and be. But the enemy wants to knock the breath out of your lungs and he will attack the place of intimacy. So wherever that is for you, I promise you the enemy will come because he knows that place is where you get your strength. So he'll distract you in any which way he can. But you need strength refreshing and you need rest so many times I have to preach to myself in my chair I have to rebuke things over my life I had to have to declare things I have to flick off things I have to do so I do so much stuff in my chair I have to speak truth but the enemy doesn't want me in my chair he tries to distract me all the time because he knows that's where I get my strength that it's here that I can read my word I can chew on it, that I can sit, that I can put worship on, I can just be. And it changes me. It changes me. You Here I shake off some things. Oh, that situation, it made me feel like that. God, I don't want to feel like that. I don't, I don't like how I reacted. God, cut that out of me. I don't want that in my life. Help me be more like you. What would Jesus do? Help me. Because when I operate in my flesh, it's unattractive. But when I've been with him in his presence, I come out a different person. I'm a better mum. And here's a good story. Like, I was sitting in my chair maybe about two or three months ago, and I was reading Colossians. And that's why I was having so many aha moments, because Pauline was sharing with me about Colossians. I'm like, oh, my gosh, God spoke to me out of that too. But anyway, so I was reading it. It said, bear with one another and forgive one another, just as Christ forgave you. Verse 13, whatever it is. I'm like, oh, what a, what a great scripture. Bear with one another. Forgive one another, just as Christ forgave you. I'm like, that's such wisdom. God, what a great word. God, I, I hope you show her that today. Because that is a word in season for her. God, I pray that the Bible opens for her and she gets that revelation. And I felt the correction of the Holy Spirit. And he said, and he said to me, that's not for her, that's for you. I'm like, what? I am not. I'm not holding any unforgiveness ab about anything. And he brought something into my mind. I'm like, 
Hey, I, I didn't, I'm not even, that's not an even issue. Pride comes up all the time. Oh, I don't even, that doesn't even worry me. And he goes, you can forgive or you can stay in your half-asleep state. And I'm like, so I sat there convicted, firstly thinking it wasn't a word for me, but then it really was a word for me. And I was like, God, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me and help me to let go of this offense that I feel. And do you know what changed? The situation didn't change. That person that hurt me didn't change. I changed. I changed. So I needed to welcome the correction because I could have walked out, yes, God, that's a word for my sister. God bless you. And completely not changed. We have to listen to the Holy Spirit. We have to listen to those promptings because he's actually trying to, it's good for us to make us better. And I walked out of there and I changed. I changed. The situation did not I can go in stressed and fractured and short and angry and I can come out a completely different person. (laughs) That's what the rest does to you, I promise you. And I look at what God's done in my life and even what he's put on our life and I'm like, I I actually couldn't do it if I didn't have him. It would be impossible. It's actually impossible but for the grace of God. And honestly, that he spoke and said, create a space, find a chair. Hear me, it's not about the chair. For you, it might be your car. For you, it might be a closet. For you, I don't know what the space is for you, but it is somewhere. It is somewhere where you go and you read and you spend time and you listen to the word, not just read it, listen to it, apply it and comply it to it. I love the message um, translation of Matthew 11 and we'll put it on the screen. Are you tired? worn out, burnt out on religion, come to me, get away with me, and you will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Because <laughs> sometimes we think, no, no, I just need a holiday, and I just need this, and I just need, I just need, no, 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 I need to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me and watch how I do it. This is another one. Learn. Learn the unforced rhythm of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me. Keep coming. Not just one day, every day. Every day. And you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Come to me and you will recover your life. Come to me and you will recover your life. The invitation is always there. Always there. But you will have to fight for it. I think what happens is we're over here and we're like living our life and we're working really hard and we're doing all the things. And I think God comes and he's like, it's not a like you have to spend time with me. It's an invitation to come. And he's like, where is she? And like they did in the garden, God comes looking and go, where are you? Where are you? But they're hiding. They're doing their, that's because of shame, they're hiding. And I actually think so many times I'm off here living my best life and God's like, Shana, where are you? Where are you? Come to me. Is she coming? Is she going to come and get the rest that I've promised? It's up to us to comply and apply it. So where is your place? I'm giving you permission to go home and tell your mum or your husbands or your partners, you need to 
have some money to go and buy a chair or do something or something like that. But you're going to have to fight for it. Every time, I promise you, the enemy will distract you. He'll come. He'll put something because the immediate always gets our attention. Mary and Martha. I want to finish with this because they are, it's an incredible story. I love it. But Martha is running around doing all the things and sorting out and getting everything sorted. And her sister, who needed to hear the word, her sister was sitting at Jesus' feet, hanging on to every word he said. And she says in her frustration, bless her, she invited Jesus over. She says, tell her to come and help me. She's doing nothing. And what does Jesus say to her? Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it won't be taken away from her. I think that's what happens. I think... God's whispering, Shana, 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 come. Your name. Who are you? Are you coming? Do you want rest? Do you want refreshment? Comply and abide. So all I wanted to do as we finish this session is give you time to just wait on him, to listen, to say, all right, God, not a word for someone else. I welcome you, your word. I welcome your correction. I welcome your voice. I welcome whatever you need to cut out of me. Reveal it to me. Just to have a moment to just sit and allow him to speak to you because I promise you there'll be some leaves. And he never does it in a condemning way. It's a way to help you, to help you move forward, to help you find rest, to help you find true joy and true rest. And I just want us to take a moment because it's in the waiting strength is renewed, that the rest comes, that healing comes, that refreshing comes. There's an invitation for you this morning from him to come, come to him, and I will give you rest. So you can sit, you can kneel, you can find a space, you can do whatever you need to do. I'm going to play for us. And just have a moment to welcome his presence, welcome him, and get the rest that is promised when we come to him.